Well, it's good to be back in church on this Wednesday night and to once again live stream the service, especially the message to whoever can join us online. I want to say welcome to you and I pray that this Wednesday night would be a blessing and an inspiration to you. We had a great weekend. Saturday night was good. Sunday, we had a beautiful message uh, that speaks about the kingdom of God somewhat. And I'm hoping to get back on the lesson of talking more about the kingdom of God. Uh, the promise that the Lord made to Mary and the promise that the Lord made to David and the prophecy that was made in the Old Testament, we want to uh, talk more about it because it's the hope that we have. At this moment, I'd like you to join with me in prayer as we pray, bring some needs before the Lord and pray for those that are not well in our midst and around the world. Please pray with me. <coughs> Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight, Lord, for the privilege of prayer. Lord, your word tells us if two or three shall come together in unity, praying and asking anything, Lord, and according to your will, you'll grant it. Tonight we're more than two or three. And as we bow in your presence, Father, first of all, we want to thank you for being such a loving Father, for such a caring Father, for such a God of love, God of mercy, God of compassion, God that is long-suffering. Lord, your grace has offered us life when we deserve to die. And so tonight, we want to say thank you for such grace and mercy. Thank you for sending your son to offer this depraved, fallen humanity an opportunity and a privilege to be saved. Please continue to save us. So we thank you, Lord, for all of that. And tonight, we want to bring a few needs before you. We pray for our local church here, first of all, in Mississauga. Lord, we con commit our future into your hands. And we pray, Lord, as we move ahead into the future, that you will guide us, you will touch your people, you will strengthen us, you would lead the elect, Father, into a life that would offer them uh, to become overcomers, to conquer sin and conquer the world and conquer that, the frustrations that this society brings upon us. We thank you, Father, for strength, and we pray that you'll bless this assembly numerically, Oh, Father, we pray that you'll help us financially. We pray that you'll help us, most of all, spiritually, to grow and to love you and to serve you. Lord, those that are not well in our midst tonight, wherever they are, whether sitting in church here or at home, Father, we pray that you'll touch them, strengthen their faith, and let your perfect will be done in their lives, Father, we pray. We pray, oh God, that you would help them not to lose faith when you're bringing them through a trial. God, help us not to lose faith. 
Lord, today we, tonight we want to remember not only our local assembly here and those that are part of this assembly that might be in the United States. Father, we pray, O oh God, beyond that, we pray for our work in North America, for the Haitian churches, O oh God, in New York and around that region, in Montreal. Lord, we pray for the work of God in in Des Moines, Elmont, Westbury, Norwalk. Lord, we pray for the work in New Jersey at this time. We remember Brother and Sister Gatinji in Connecticut, Lord, in Hartford. And Lord, Brother Brintley and Sister Celeste in North Carolina. We bring them all before you, Father. Pray that you strengthen Brother Glenn as he makes preparation for his upcoming meeting. Lord, would you give them direction in that meeting that what your perfect will is would be accomplished. Lord, it is important. The morning is an important assembly, Father, and so we bring it before you and ask that you would let us not lose our vision and perspective, Father. Let holiness be the main goal in every one of our lives, Father. We pray for the work that might be in other parts of the United States, in Texas and in Mexico. Lord, in various parts of America, that we might have fellowship churches, that you'll be with your people. Touch ministers, Lord, and raise up men and enlighten their hearts and their minds, we pray, Father. Tonight, in a special way, remember the work in Africa. Every pastor, every elder, every child of God. Lord, there are so many traditions that might hang on to our work in Africa. We pray that, oh God, you'll save us from tradition that's not built on faith and truth. Save us, Father, we pray. Help the work in Africa. Touch men of God, raise up a young generation that can herald the truth and see that the work of God move on. Lord, remember the work in India, in Vasai, in Pune, in Nagar, Lord. These areas that we are acquainted with, we pray you'll be with every one of your children. Remember Brother Abrio, pray that you'll touch him and the group of individuals he has with him. Father, we pray for Brother, Brother Sam and uh, the saints that are with him. Father, we don't know what your perfect will is, Father, but help us to find your perfect will. Oh, God, and to pursue that. Lord, we remember the work in Haiti at this time. Junior, as he works in that area, and other ministers, Father, so many little assemblies. Father, we pray that you will reach out to your people and touch every one of our assemblies. Every one of the young ministers. Give Brother Caesar the wisdom and guidance, Lord, of your spirit, that he might not lose vision, but truth might be planted in his heart. Raise up men with a vision, Father, that will take your work on. We ask it in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for the work in England, the work in Guyana. Lord, in the Caribbean, if there is any possibility of a church in Jamaica, 
And in the Bahamas, Father, we bring all these assemblies before you, wherever churches are, O oh God. We pray that you'll be with your ministers and strengthen them. Help us, we pray, Father. Bring this body before you and pray that you'll direct every step that we take. Please, O oh God, bless our service tonight. Touch my mind. Help me to develop the very simplicity of your Son, Jesus. Lord, we need you so much more in our lives. We ask your blessing on this service in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And my 
grace, Lord, this very Praise the Lord.
has been good to me. He turned my darkness away. Nadine to sing that chorus over again and I want us all to sing with her and let us examine ourselves and sing this chorus and let's appreciate the goodness of God I think of the time that we are living in and some of us as we age days are not as pleasant as they used to be uh, the Solomon in his writing he made a statement and he said here in Ecclesiastes he says remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth while the evil days come not nor the years draw nigh when thou should say I have no pleasure in them and this scripture speaks of age it speaks of that time when you start to feel aches and pains in your body and you're not young and vibrant. And that is why Solomon encourages the young people to remember God when you have energy. Don't only run to him after your aching and pains are all over your body. Some of us have remembered God in our youth. But we're not going to be here forever. And that is why tonight I felt a feeling of gratitude to God. That's something that I wanted. And that was a perfect song. Um, God has been good to us. I look at Sister Chandri. And um, she might not feel good. But she would get up and pursue the day. I look at other individuals. I look at Sister India. She's not healthy in her body. I look at Pam coming to church in spite of the aches and pains. And believe it, people that are well are at home. But we're not going to be here forever. Uh, scripture says, I think in Isaiah it says, the righteous perish it, and no man layeth it to heart. The merciful men are taken and unconsiderate that they are taken from the evil to come. And so as we, as we move ahead and as we get older and we're 
have a few years to race the the journey to the end is shorter than when we look back and where we're coming from I wish I could be 35 I wish I could be 25 and someone asked me that question one time that if you had the opportunity to be young again how young would you want to be would you want to be 35 and I said you know 35 sounds good but if I become 35 and I'm as dumb as I was when I was 35 then I'd like to remain just as I am because a lot of things have been worked out in my life and I'm today looking back and experiences have molded my life and so I just don't want to be young I wish I had the energy but it's not anymore it's not there and I look at individuals and we'll talk more about this later on but I want you to consider the fact that we're not young anymore most of us are up in age and when Solomon says remember I create in the days of thy youth while the evil days evil days are old age days it's called evil days that's not evil because it's sinful that's evil because it's old age when the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be darkened when you're looking I said light is not so bright it's not the light is bright it's your vision is getting dim and today eyes are getting old cataracts are there have to be removed limbs are getting weak and so Solomon says with the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble you stretch out your hand and it's not as firm as it used to be I remember as an artist I would take that paintbrush and, and stroke the finest line without problems now I've got to take this hand and hold this hand and make sure it does not shake but the, the keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong men bow themselves I remember when I went to Des Moines uh, Walt Johnson was our like our champion he was a man from the army and so he always had his chest out like that and he was that powerful example that we looked to head usher in Des Moines church uh, when he walked around it there was such a respect for him but I looked at him before he died and he was hunched over he had to use a walker and he almost was like a bull because old age comes in and the strong men shall bow themselves and the grinders your teeth cease because they're few and those that look out of the window be darkened this house gets old and it cannot be repaired too much you can't break it down and build a new one that's why we're looking for the kingdom that's why we're hoping when the, this tabernacle will be done away with and we'll put on a new tabernacle and Solomon went on he says he says um, verse 4 and the doors shall sh be shut 
in the streets when the sound of the grinders is low, and you shall rise up in the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. Everything that you used to enjoy goes low. I love nature. I just love nature. I love to hear the birds chirping outside in the morning. You know, you wonder what they're doing at four o'clock in the morning, making all that noise. But they're up at four o'clock in the morning. It's nature that people rise up early. It's a part of nature that you rise up early. And the birds are up and everybody is busy and you look at the squirrels and the birds and the raccoons and everybody. The ch little chipmunks are busy. And nature is getting out there. But you and I, we're here today, gone tomorrow. And when I think about it, I think of men in the past. I think of Hebrews 11 chapter. We'll sing that verse in a little bit, uh, maybe before we close. And Hebrews is called, 11 chapter is called the Hebrew Hall of Faith. And it is a beautiful chapter. But it's a sad chapter also, because it lists all of these individuals. It lists, lists Abel, and it left, lists Enoch, and it listed Noah, and Abraham. And then it comes down all the way, and it does not list everybody, but it lists Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, and Moses. And then talks about Moses being a remarkable man. And then it comes down, it talks about faith and talks about other individuals in the New Old Testament. And then it talks about what some of these individuals have suffered. Say, when we say faith, people feel, okay, it's fire and brimstone coming out of your hand. No, it's faith to endure. I wrote an article called Faith to Endure. And Faith to Endure was a beautiful article. And here, when Paul is coming to the end of chapter 11, he goes on here, he says, women receive, verse 35, back up verse 34. He says, verse 33, men who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, Obtain promises, stop the mouth of lions, quench the violence of fire, and escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness they were made strong. He says, wax valiant, valiant in fight, and turn to flight the armies of their enemies. And then he says here, a good thing, he says, women had their dead raised to life again, but others... And this is where I think about the others, because unlike even all the champions that we see, the stars in the Old Testament, and even the stars in the New Testament, men of God all had to die. And it says there in others, verse 36, had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonments. Hold your finger there. But one of my champions in the Bible is the Apostle Paul. And 
Paul, when he was writing to the church at Corinth and in Corinthians, uh, he talks about how he suffered affliction many a times in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, chapter 11. Paul writes, and this is my champion. My champion is not that little fancy, flashy preacher on television. My champions are in this book. And if we were to follow the examples of Scripture, iniquity will not destroy us. Jesus warned about iniquity in our time. He says, iniquity shall abound. And I wish, like the prophets of old, I had a Urim and a Thummim. Priests had that. And when they want to ask God, do I go or do I not go? If I, do I go, God? And then one brightens up and means you can go. When the other one brightens up, it means you should not go. And I wish that the Lord would give us direction in such a way that we will know what's iniquity and what is not iniquity. I'm convinced in my heart that Jesus said, in our day, iniquity shall abound. It means it will be all over the place. Is this church infallible or invincible that iniquity cannot come in? No, it's not. The possibility of iniquity lies in every heart and in every church. And when Jesus says, depart from ye that work iniquity, <clears throat> he's talking about to God's people. A lot of people that feel that God is honoring what they're doing. You know, if we have a convention here when it's over, one, we never, I never in over... 40 years going to conventions ever heard that this was a bad convention. It's always a good convention, great convention. How many people got held, healed? Nobody. How many people joined the prayer line? Lots. How many people got touched and delivered? None, scarcely. How many people speak in tongues? Maybe everybody. How many people join a line to tell you that God has done a miracle in their life? We never had a line like that. You know, when we were out in religion in Pentecost and we preached out there, we would have people come to the altar uh, and testify. We'd have them come to the pulpit and testify how God has healed them. I remember in a meeting one time, we were in a place called Cotton Tree, and there was a meeting, and the preacher there, um, he performed a great miracle. There was a man that was, uh, had a stroke, couldn't walk, couldn't speak. Before that meeting was over, the man was singing, speaking, and walking up and down on that platform. It was amazing. And we'll say that's great. And yes, it's great because someone paid the price. <clears throat> but when a meeting was over, the preacher that 
conducted the meeting and prayed for the man and he got healed, he gave us such a false report of that meeting. We had like 300 people. Maybe the largest crowd was 350. And the magazine he reported in says, Holy Ghost revival hits village. Thousands swept into the kingdom of God. <clears throat> That's when I was a part of that organization and I resigned from it. Took that article, went up to the pastor, to the preacher, and I told him, I quit. I will not be a part of an organization like that. And the man in Mark 9, he healed the sick because he fasted and prayed. The disciples did not fast and pray, so they did not have the power of God to heal the sick. Wouldn't that be wonderful if they had the word plus the power? It's not good enough just to have the word. And it's not good enough just to have the power. It is good when we have the word of God and the power of God that accompanies that. It is wonderful when we can have that. Amen? And so we're, we're thinking of the Apostle Paul and his endeavors as he worked and labored for God. And this man, he did a lot of evil persecuting the church and God saved him and God was perfecting Paul through the many trials. And he wrote here concerning himself, he says, for 16 of 2 Corinthians 11, he says, therefore, I say, let no man think of me a fool. If otherwise, yet as a fool receive me, that I may boast myself a little. He says, I want to boast a little of how God's working in my life. He says, that which I speak, I speak it not after the Lord, but as it were foolishly in this confidence of boasting. He says, I'm going to boast a little. See, today we boast about the car we have. We boast about the acres we own. We boast about how big our building is. We boast about how many hundreds of people attend our meetings. We boast about how many people we baptize in water and how many speak in tongues. But we can't boast about how many people got healed in their body physically. It's a sad day we're living in because iniquity is abounding. And so Paul is going to boast a little Let's find out what this apostle is boasting about. He says, seeing that many glory after the flesh, I will glory also. He says, if you suffer fools gladly, seeing yourself are wise. He says, you're suffering fools gladly because you think you're wise. That's what he really meant. He says, verse 22, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? He says, I am a seed of Abraham. So we are, we are boasting about where we're coming from. And Paul is boasting also. He says, are they ministers of Christ? And that's the question I ask. I asked my grandson the other that night. I said, what do you think your grandpa feels about himself on a one to a hundred if he's called one, not called one, 
And if he's called, he really feels he's called a hundred. I said, I didn't give him one to ten, I gave him one to a hundred. He says, you have from one to a hundred. What, what do you <coughs> think your grandfather feels about himself? Uh, from one to a hundred. He says, one hundred. And I said, that's exactly how I feel. I feel I know I'm called to the ministry. Well, if I feel I'm called to the ministry, do I, what do I feel about everyone that disagrees with me in what I preach? Well, sometimes it's best I leave that judgment to God. And so Paul said, he says, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors, he says, in more abundant. In stripes, and this is not talking about military stripes. This is talking about, um, this is talking about uh, stripes on your back. Uh, this is talking about stripes on your back. He says, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure. He says, in prisons going to jail for the gospel. He says, in prisons more often. We're talking about a minister, a man that is called uh, into the ministry. A man that is called into the ministry, called by Jesus himself. And here is what Paul is telling you. And so when we sing that song that we were singing tonight, the chorus, we were looking at, us, at, at, at being appreciate, appreciative to God for his goodness in our lives. And Paul went on here. He says, in prisons more frequent. Often they thought I was dead and they left me. And I was not really dead. I got up and started going again. He was a man of God. You mean men of God suffer? Every one of them suffered. And he goes on here. He says of the Jews. God's people. The ones who were supposed to be the ones that understood the law of God. They studied the law daily. He says of the Jews. Five times receive I forty stripes. Thirty-nine stripes they give him on his back. Five times. Five times Paul was taken by the Jews and beaten because he did not support their concept and their doctrine. And I feel there was a lot of times when Paul could have showed up where the Jews were and he decided he's not going to show up. Because even God, when God's people re reject what he's doing, even God will stop sending prophets. And I'm talking to you tonight, the few of you that are listening to me, that if we fail to accept what God is doing, God might just stop sending. When you receive not a love for the truth, he will give you strong delusions that you believe a lie and be damned. Not that you stop going to church, not that you stop religion, but you go spiritually blinded. And don't even realize it. And Paul went on here. He says. He says. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. 
God, if you take this man, you call this man and send him to the ministry? Yes, he did. He called Isaiah and sent him into the ministry, and they cut him in half. He sent the prophets in the Old Testament, and they all persecute him. He says, a night and a day I've been in the deep, in the, in the sea. He says, in journeyings, often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils of the heathen, in perils of the city, in perils of the wilderness, in perils of the sea, in perils among false brethren. This is a man of God, one of the men I respect with all my heart. I respect Paul. There are times I was telling someone, a couple of times, I would sit down in the quietness of the night, and I think of Isaiah, how they rejected him, how God's people rejected this man, and I would cry. My heart will break that they refused him. And I think of Paul, and I cried for this man, how his churches, the ones in Galatia and Corinth, and some of these churches turned against him. I'm not a Jew, and I will never become a Jew. I'm a Gentile, saved by grace. And I can never come in line with these men. But I sit down and cry for every man of God that suffered. And he says, in weariness and in painfulness and in watchings and in hunger and in fastings, often in cold and nakedness. And he says, beyond my personal suffering, and you see, we're not living in the days of Paul. And those of us that are ministers living today, for us to come up in the same resurrection that these men that physically suffered abuse, we must suffer in our bodies. They're physical things. We must suffer in our bodies to get the chaff burnt out of our lives. But where a common suffering is concerned, he says here, Besides those things, these are without. He says, he says, the, the, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of the churches. He says, this is what is my daily suffering. Not physically, but mentally, I think about the church. I think about the gospel I preach. I think about those who respond and those who enjoy the comforts of their own little environment. I think of how few people make sacrifices. I think of how few people really hold my hand up in the ministry. I think of that. And so when we think about this in Hebrews 11 chapter, when Paul is writing this letter in Hebrews 11 chapter, he says these last verses here, and he says... Others had trials, verse 36, others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover, bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned. God's people were stoned. But you know, some of us believe that we've got to be jolly and happy and good, lucky, and just enjoy a wonderful time. I'm telling you something. 
You might have a spark of happiness and you're glad to hear this chorus and you're glad to come into service. Isaiah described Jesus as a man of sorrows. I believe every single day of his life he was a man of sorrows. When you understand that, you will understand how much Jesus suffered. You will understand how much Paul suffered. You'll understand how much Moses suffered. You'll understand the agony that Abraham had when his lot moved towards, pitched his tent towards Sodom. You will understand how Isaiah suffered. You'll understand Hosea and Jeremiah and Amos and Obadiah and Habakkuk, some of these men in the Old Testament. And you'll understand why from Malachi God stopped sending prophets to Israel for almost 500 years because God's people did not deserve another prophet until John the Baptist. And that's what we're looking at. These all suffered. Uh, they moved about in sheepskin and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Of whom this world was not worthy. You and I are not worthy of these people that died. He says, they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. And these all having obtained a good report in God's sight. God says, well done. But they got stone, well done. Stephen, well done. Jesus, great job. Paul, well done. Isaiah, well done. For us today to get to that place of maturity like these men, we have God must bring upon us sufferings. And do not run to the prop. Trust God in all things. Whether you see the doctor or whatever, still trust God. Put your confidence in God. And when you pray, say, Lord, if it is your will, heal me. And if it's not your will, teach me what my heart needs to understand through these trials. Every day, I ask God to teach me. Because every day, I have that period of time in my life where I suffer and go through things. And things are not easy and things are not comfortable. But I must do the will of God. These all having obtained a good report. Received not the promise. They are waiting to receive the promise. That you and I are hoping to receive. But if we can suffer with Christ. How shall we reign with him? Paul suffered with him. Stephen suffered with him. And this group of individuals that are witness. They suffered with him. May God give us this spirit. That we can understand that we need God's strength. Let us sing that chorus before we close this service tonight. This has been so good. You don't have to turn it back. Uh, this has been so good tonight. And we want to uh, we want to sing this chorus and let it be the prayer of our hearts. Amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Thank you.
just want to say thank you thank you for the good days thank you for the bad days but we thank you most of all father for your grace that can help us to endure those bad days Lord we are not whipped we're not stoned we're not shipwrecked oh God we cannot even suffer like the men of old suffered Lord, we pamper ourselves. We make ourselves complacent and comfortable. Help us, O oh God, to make the sacrifices. And when you choose to afflict us, may our hearts reach out to you in gratitude that we would not complain, but say, Lord, your will be done in our lives. Touch us tonight. Let these words we have heard remain in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.